I'm gonna have to kick you, you know what, today. We're heading inside the tent with an injury update from the Las Vegas Raiders. All right, you know what time it is when we hear that music. That's when we go out to the Raider Nation listener line, guest line, and welcome in our good friends, Dr. Robert Odell and Dr. Stephen Shaw from the Neuropathy and Pain Center of Las Vegas. Dr. Odell, Dr. Hey, Shaw. Hey, Benny. Hey, Benny. Greetings to you guys. Uh, big win yesterday for the for uh, the Raiders. It, it was it was ugly on the field, but it was a Mona Lisa when it comes to the standings, and it gives them uh, life. They literally are still uh, in the hunt for the playoffs. Did either of you guys get a chance to uh, to see the game at all in frigid, cold uh, Cleveland? Yeah. I was being beaten up by an attorney on a deposition from oh. three to five. So, you know, <laughs> part of the uh, part of my job. Hey. Yeah, I was working too, but a win's a win. That's all I care about, baby. Exactly. And uh, as the late, great Al Davis said, just win, baby. And that was literally uh, the situation that was facing the Browns uh, yesterday. But, guys, you might ask yourself, hey, why were the Raiders playing on Monday? Wasn't it supposed to be uh, on Saturday? But as we talked about on Friday night, obviously the league stepped in and postponed uh, the game um, from Saturday till Monday. There were a lot of players over 20. Um, with the with the uh, Cleveland Browns that had tested positive during the week um, leading up to the game for COVID-19 um, in the protocols that were in place as of last week. Uh, they didn't test out um, in order to play the game uh, on Saturday, let alone on Monday. So they had to postpone the game. But uh, the reason I bring all of that up is in between Saturday and Monday, um, the NFL got together with their doctors and made a pretty interesting decision, and I think it's a, uh, a prudent decision based on science and um, I think is, is, is something that I think might kind of open a lot of eyes um, around, around the country and how we're dealing with COVID-19. Um, Dr. Odell, are you aware of the, uh, of, of the protocols um, that, I had, uh, that we had talked about? I have everything highlighted from my email Okay. In front of me. And I yeah. kind of I figured that this was going to be right up your 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 alley cuz um I think there's some important components to this and you know the, the the large and small of it is basically the NFL is looking at these higher test rates, the positive test rates uh, that are occurring not just in the NFL but you know um nationally and and across the world. And they are figuring out or uh, determining that a lot of these um, high uh, test, positive tests are the result of the new variant going around. But what they've also figured out or are deciding, Dr. Odell, is that the new variant, uh, while it's more contagious, it's far less symptomatic and far less dangerous. Let's just put it that way. So in their estimation, these players that are testing positive as the result of the variant are otherwise healthy, and what good does it do to hold players out of games when, in fact, they're relatively healthy? So there's really no reason why they shouldn't be playing, but because of the rules that were in place prior to uh, Saturday, uh, they had to be. So um, I've given you the information, and in a nutshell, first of all, what do you think about what the NFL is doing here in terms of cutting down on testing on vaccinated players, uh, still testing on vaccinated players, but but there's no more mandatory testing for vaccinated players. It's all about the money, Vinny. True. You know, they determined they determined that there was science, and I would like to see the studies that their scientists looked at to show that the tests is, that the Omicron variant is less less uh, dangerous. But really, 
the bottom line on many of these decisions is politically motivated. The NFL, the commissioner is the president, like the president of the United States. And taking it one step further, that's what the government is trying to do to us with the mask mandates, all the other nonsense. And uh, I could go on for an hour about uh, some of the facts that have been distorted. So, yes, I think the NFL did make the right decision, and I, I trust that their scientists, uh, their doctors, did note that it was less dangerous. I t- I'll, I'll take that for a fact. I'm not an ID doctor, infectious disease doctor, and I've never played one on TV. But given that information, I think this is a smart thing to do. But believe me, Vinny, it was a really easy decision to make. It, it was an easy decision to make based on? Based on the fact that the games aren't going to be interrupted, the flows are going to be interrupted, and, and the money's going to flow. You know, it's a capitalistic country. God bless us. But, you know, I believe that this was an easy decision to make because it was right in line with what everybody wanted to do. Unfortunately, this has not been applied to the rest of the country. And you have a great question. Do you think this could represent a positive switch in how we are coming to grips with the fact that COVID-19 is just something we have to learn to live with and deal with? Meaning, without the draconian shutting things down nonsense, without the mass just common sense. So you hit the nail on the head in your question to me, and you couldn't be more spot on. Well, and, and you know, there there is a balance, uh, obviously, and, and uh, you, you know, I, and I I agree with you that, you know, uh, at the at the end of the day and the bottom line, uh, the NFL is a money-making business, and they want to preserve their opportunity to continue to make money. And how do you make money? You play the games. Um, and right. how, and 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 how do you um, uh, you know uh, play the games? Well, you make sure players are out there to play the games rather than sitting on the sidelines due to a, a new variant that's not really you know uh, holding them back from anything or 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 all that quote unquote serious. So um, it was an easy decision from that perspective. But but you know Dr. Odell from a and like you said, you're going to trust the doctors and the scientists on on, on their knowledge. Uh, but you can see also how it would be like, you know, people would raise eyebrows in terms of the potential danger of it all. I think that they're – I'm with you. I'm banking on their information being correct. So the danger level as a result might be non-existent. Yes. I think you're correct. You know, maybe if the, this new variant had shown uh, more dangerous uh, outcomes – Maybe they wouldn't have made the decision. I, 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 you know, I really can't comment on it because I wasn't. Uh, I have not seen the data. I'm not part of the decision making process. I'm just trying to stamp out disease in my little corner of the earth here in Las Vegas. You know, for people who have pain. But uh, medicine is way, way, way more complex. When I went to medical school, I mean, there's so much more going on that unfortunately a lot of the data gets politicized. And I'll just give you an example. A friend of mine is a really advocate for not getting vaccinated. And she's made statements uh, that the, and she's actually been on a Wayne Allen Root show, that, uh, you know, many of the people in the ICUs are those that have uh, been vaccinated. Other people have said many of the people in the ICUs are those that have not been vaccinated. Well, assuming that the hospitals won't falsify data, which they've also been known to do, what is the truth? You know, I don't even know. I don't even know where to begin to look. And it's really, really sad that people's political beliefs will interfere 
with the gathering of real data. It's almost kind of like the election stuff, whatever side you're on. Like, what really happened in 2020? I don't know, you know. And I think, I think this is something for every single American, every single person listening to this could consider, because in many cases, we've had stuff rammed down our throats, and our individual freedoms have been assaulted in ways that uh, the, the framers never dreamed would be possible. I'm not suggesting all of it was wrong. I, I don't know. I'm not an expert out there. I do believe Dr. Fauci is motivated by vaccines. I do believe that there's very simple treatments for, for uh, COVID, zinc, uh, some of the other uh, medications that work very well, that were actually uh, doctors have been crucified for, for, for advocating them, and that is also very wrong. I agree. Anyway, I, I, I wish I had more answers and questions, but I think all your listeners really need to think about this stuff because it really goes down to our freedoms. It really does. We're talking to Dr. Yeah, if you don't mind, if you don't, yes, if you don't mind me butting in, yeah, you know, you had mentioned something about, you know, how to deal, live with this or deal with it in the future. And I, I think the unfortunate uh, part of all of this is that, you know, we, you, I'm sure everyone knows by now that there is no cure for the common cold and there is no cure for getting the flu. And the reason is because those specific viruses have the ability to mutate. Every year there's a new flu strain. Every year there's a new cold strain. And unfortunately... It just it following following uh, what mRNA viruses do, there's going to be a new COVID strain next year. So uh, it's something we will have to deal with and, and, and come to terms with. Dr. Shaw, that's really yes. impressive for a chiropractor. <laughs> I, I know. I've I read it on but the Vinny, internet. Vinny, so I'm just a needle jockey and a gas passer, just full disclosure <laughs> oh, okay. to your listeners. So. Well, yeah, Dr. <laughs> Dr. Uh... Shaw definitely straightened out his back and uh, and and cited some to me an important an important statement. But you know, um, and I think the reason I asked you that question, uh, Doctor Odell, about could this be not necessarily a turning point, but an example, uh, and the example being. You know, the NFL. They're not going to. I don't think the NFL is going to do something that knowingly puts their, uh, you know, workforce, their players themselves in a dire situation where, you know, we're just going to turn a blind eye to something that we know is possible just to get these games going. And I, I, I truly believe, maybe I'm naive, maybe I'm optimistic, that they, they are following their information on this and deciding without politics, without you know, anything, uh, you know, uh, overriding it other than good common sense that, you know what, this particular thing that we're dealing with right here that is causing the increase in, in positive tests is something that's manageable. It's something that we're looking at honestly and with common sense, not politically, and just deciding, you know what, we need to adjust this because we're sitting out otherwise healthy players that pose no real threat to anybody else just for, you know, whether it's the look of things, the optic of things, or being too careful, or whatever the case might be, when in fact the best option is just to do the right thing in this case. And I think, Dr. Odell, that's where I was getting at. Maybe everyone else can start looking at it and saying, hey, there's tweaks that we can make. There's adjustments that we can make. We're, we're going to have to do that anyway, because as Dr. Shaw said, this is not really ever going away. It's just going to be one form of it or another moving forward. Oh, yeah. I mean, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, you don't really need me on this interview. You were spot on in your questions to me. But, Doctor, we love your input. I hope the government, the federal government, starts thinking this way, too. That's 
one of the points of my being so happy to be on tonight. You know, it's it's crazy. We're in mass in the in the, in the uh, airport. I do have to do it every other week. Some studies have shown that masks make no difference in the world, and yet doctors have been prosecuted for going up against masks. I was looking at the Medscape worst doctors of the year, and somebody said how bad the masks were. This person was probably right, Mr. Crusader. I don't know if you guys know the story of uh, Dr. Semmelweis, but Dr. Semmelweis in the 13th century discovered that people, the, the midwives, had less infections with C-sections than the, the doctors, the surgeons, who were in the anatomy lab with the cadavers. They'd go over to deliver the babies without washing their hands, and he said, hey, you guys should wash your hands. Guess what? Dr. Simmelweiss Dr. ended up in an insane asylum, was killed a couple weeks later. They now have the Simmelweiss Institute in uh, Europe. He's probably one of the most revered physicians that's ever lived, but he thought out of the box. Yeah, we've uh, we've done that as uh, as humankind uh, for, uh, at various points uh, throughout history. Where you know, a uh, hundred years later, we look back and say that guy was onto something right there, or a girl, or whatever. Um, Should have listened uh, to that person. Uh, all right, so we're going to pivot here. Uh, I'd like to, you know, there's so much that we could talk about uh, on that subject, and we will uh, in the weeks uh, and months ahead. Uh, but I want to throw this at you, uh, at, at you guys. Um, you know, a lot of Raider fans are also Laker fans, um, Los Angeles Lakers, uh, you know, uh, uh, um, so many great players, so many great stars. Well, there's one player in particular that they have, um, Anthony Davis, who again is on the injured list, again has hurt himself. He's, he's got a knee injury. Uh, I'm not saying he's soft. I'm not at all. Um, he plays hard. He plays with a passion. Um, sometimes he kind of puts himself in positions to get hurt by the way he falls and the amount of times he falls. But I got to ask you guys, uh, at this point of, of somebody's career where almost every single year Anthony Davis ends up missing a considerable amount of time due to injuries, um, are, are, is there something to be said that there are certain people that are just kind of injury prone? Is that like a real thing? Is that even uh, in the realm of, of any common sense at all? Uh, I, I mean, I can start. Uh, you know, there, I don't know that there's a, a so-called injury prone patient, but I think that there are certain conditions or injuries that can re-exacerbate or re-injure uh, uh, repetitively. For example, somebody that dislocates their shoulder for the first time. I mean, any, any of you that have ever dislocated your shoulder, that's right up there with childbirth uh, in terms of pain. And, you know, subsequent to that, uh, you could, I know guys that could seize and their shoulder will pop out of the joint. So, I mean, those types of conditions can reoccur. But, uh, you know, things like uh, sprains or strains, that typically comes down to, you know, the effort that the player's making, uh, it could be the conditions of the field or, or the court, um, uh, but I but I don't know that an individual. I, you know, it could just be that he's he, he's got a brand new motor and an old chassis, you know, and he's trying to make he's trying to make that uh, old car work with that new motor because he's still got the hustle and the drive. But it, maybe his body isn't keeping up as he's getting older. I I don't know. Again, a lot of it also boils down to uh, his training staff and his training regimen leading up to the season. You know, we've talked about it with the Raiders and how important conditioning, weight training, and now a lot of guys are doing, you know, ballet and yoga just to improve, improve their kinesiology or movement. And all those things are important to help avoid injury or even re-injury. So a lot, a lot of factors play into it, and I think it's really, to answer the question, I think it's just 
it's very specific to the injury, I guess, that he would be sustaining. Well, doctors, I got to say, uh, don't buy it on the yoga and the uh, dancing. They're going to meet pretty girls. That's why they're doing all that. <laughs> <laughs> I also wanted to ask uh, Shaw what he knew about childbirth, but that's another issue. <laughs> I videotape the whole thing. There I, you I go. Lot, I, yes. I, 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 I am taking my wife's word for it that there's extraordinary pain uh, involved hey, in that. Vinny? Yes. Vinny? Yes. When women have babies... They forget their pain. I did OB anesthesia for years. In fact, I started the OB anesthesia program in San Bernardino Hospital, in, 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 in St. Bernardino's Hospital in San Bernardino in the late 80s. And they forget. And I think that's one how we as humans are programmed. Because if they didn't, you know, my gosh, there wouldn't be a species. Well, you know what? I, I want to talk the next. Uh, you know, it's, it's Christmas week, so uh, we're not gonna we're not gonna have a show on on uh, Christmas Eve. So I'm not gonna. Uh, you guys aren't gonna be on. Um, you I know, could sing carols. But would, that, I would, I would, would love have no that. Listenership. Uh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, I want to. You know, when, when we when we reconvene, no. when we reconvene next week, uh, I want to dive into how our ability to forget pain because I, I, I'm as I'm. Talking right now, I'm thinking about my most painful moments, and I can't conjure up the pain, or even you know, it's almost like it didn't happen. Uh, at least yeah. the, the pain yeah. end of it, which is a beautiful thing, I'm sure. Men are probably wired a little bit the same way, but not as much, you know. No, yeah. no, we're come on, we're a bunch of big babies. That's what we are, um, <laughs> and always have been. Uh, Doctor Odell. Oh, by the way, guys, um, we talk about this all the time when the doctors are on. Please give them a call. Seven zero two. 257-7246. You don't have to deal with pain on a daily basis just because somebody told you, hey, you're getting old, you're going to uh, be in pain. Deal with it. Be a tough guy. Those days are over. Call the Neuropathy and Pain Center of Las Vegas, 702-257-7246, whether it's back pain, foot pain, neck pain, uh, whatever kind of pain, elbow pain, uh, it doesn't matter. They're going to have answers for you, and if they don't have the answers and the remedies, they're going to get you someplace that does. And Vinny, Vinny yes. can I say something? Absolutely. If there's any listeners out there that know of any youth groups, uh, back at my house we have some a terrific train layout, not just for Christmas, but for responsible groups, we'd be delighted to host them. Uh, usually we do it during the day, uh, but even the Christmas season we can do it at night. I, it'd probably be too late for the next couple of weeks. But if there are any groups, uh, please get a hold of Vinny, and uh, I'd be more than happy to talk to you because we'd love to share um, my love of trains and how it's you know, made this country one. Uh, uh, and, and I think it's a really good time to bring it up this time of year. The other thing to bring up is... Sunday, the 26th, is a national day of mourning because I'm going to be 75. But, you know, that's that's another issue. 75 <laughs> and doesn't look a day older. 45. Then 83, right? No, now, right? no, 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 Dr. <laughs> Odell. All right, guys. Uh, first of all, happy birthday, uh, Dr. Odell. Um, definitely. Uh, and we wish you nothing but the best. And for both of you, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, whatever it is that you celebrate. Uh, have a lot of fun and be safe. And go Raiders. And go Raiders. And, and we'll talk to you guys next week. I really appreciate it. All right. Thanks, man. Sounds good. Thanks, you got it. Right Absolutely. Dr. Robert Odell and Dr. Stephen Shaw from the Neuropathy and Pain Center of Las Vegas. Give them a call, 702-257-7246. Whatever you're dealing with, they'll get you hooked up. You're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Now, back to your host, Vinny Bonsignor. All right, Raider Nation. 
The Bay is coming to the Bay. Don't miss the biggest Raider Nation party to date going down with special guest host and East Oakland original Raider, Too Short. Too Short. Too Short. Wow. Performing live along with RBL, Posse, and more live performances in the building. It's happening uh, during the day before uh, the Raiders-Chargers game. Uh, That would be Saturday, January 8th in Las Vegas. Uh, it'll be a sold-out event, uh, so you can, but you can go get your tickets now. Uh, go to the Nation Party Ever, or excuse me, the Nation Party That's the Nation Party and that's B R I T E uh, to get your tickets to go see Too Short. Are you kidding me? You know what? What's interesting about that? Not this kind of haha moment. Um, all the time that we were in Oakland, Too Short never ever performed a concert or did anything like that as far as I know oh, uh, and not and I think it was more because he just wasn't maybe he wasn't invited I know he's a he's been a Raider fan and I, I know a lot of people who know him and stuff like that so I know he's a Raider fan but it's just it's taken to this point you know to have him and Ice Cube perform earlier in the season for the halftime show that was a first and now to have him part of the, the Raiders party that's absolutely the, the fun too no doubt about it tickets can be got and bought at uh, the nation party dot event dot com go check it out January uh, eighth, and that's going to be a huge game. Yeah. I think we'll see. Uh, not want to try to predict the future, but it could be a pretty uh, big game. We're going to go out to the Raider Nation listener line, Raider Dave in Denver. What's up, Raider Dave? Been a while. Hey, yeah, uh, how's that? How you guys doing? Where, Where you been, good? Dave? Where you been, man? You, you trying to avoid well, us? What's going on? Yeah, what's up with that? Uh, I I finally dug out from burying myself in sorrow. I mean, oh, this, oh yeah. This, yeah. This whole thing. I mean, the team to me. I only coached youth and played high school, but the team to me is you go through a season, you have to have better attention to detail as you get to the final third of the season. And I just don't see it. I don't see it with the line. I don't see it with uh, ball handling. I don't see it with the receivers. I, I just do not see the attention to detail that's, that needs to be there for the Raiders to be anything more than uh, flashes of brilliance among spans of mediocrity, like I like to call my golf game. Your golf game is fine, Raider Dave. Come on. Well, at 58 years old, I still can drive at 300, but sometimes that's three houses over. (laughs) And and, uh, two or three broken windows. Um, Can we we discuss with Lincoln how detail and uh, consistency just kind of evolved in a season with a team that's on its way to doing something good. Well, you know, to, to answer your point, and, and thanks very much for the call, the, we've been talking about the the lack of attention to detail and stuff like that consistently. And it, it really bothers me to say this, but I don't know any other way of describing it. I don't know if the coaching is applicable, if that makes sense. And, and what I mean by that is like, like, okay, calling it like I call it. I've never had the pleasure of playing for Coach Cable. I've always respected his opinion. I always respected his work manner. And, of course, some of the lines that he had uh, that he's played with, I thought he's done pretty good jobs. Um, But to see Alex Leatherwood consistently make the same mistake over and over and over and over again and game after game, the same thing. To see he is overly aggressive when Brandon Parker is is somewhat, uh, not somewhat, a lot more passive than Alex said, which puts them on different levels. Brandon Parker has to set back to, to, to be able to intercept a defensive end coming off the corner. 
Alex Leatherwood has no business attacking the line of scrimmage, getting overextended. Now you're automatically on two levels. And as he pushes the defensive tackle out to try to clear out the pocket, he's actually interfering or pushing him out to where Brandon Parker in his space. Now, if they run a game like most teams have done, which is called a TE stunt, where the tackle goes wide and the defensive end comes around, there's no way that Leatherwood can recover because there's no way that Brandon Parker can recover to get in front of the men. They're on two different levels. So, but you see this time and time again. Now, we didn't see it as much last night in the Cleveland game, and, and I don't need to know if, what, to what avail, what, why it caused it. But I know in future, that's what people are going to run. DeForest Buckner, coming up with the Colts, is just as long as Chris Jones. He's going to do the same thing to Alex Leatherwood. And if you continue to make the same mistake, they're going to do the same thing over again, just like everybody wants to bull rush Brandon Parker. So, you know, you would hope that things would be corrected now, but we're talking about the same thing I saw in week one, week two, week three, is the same thing I'm seeing in week 14, 15. In Alex Leatherwood's defense, and it hasn't been a whole many, lot, many times when we've said that, um, yesterday's grade by Pro Football Focus, not saying that it's the end-all, be-all, but they've been brutally honest <laughs> with Alex Leatherwood. He's literally gotten twice this year a zero pass grade out of 100. They don't pull any punches with Alex Leatherwood. So knowing how harshly they've graded him, you have to take heed of when they uh, grade him well. Yesterday, overall grade, 61.0. That's right around... Uh, his best grade overall. Lincoln Kennedy, remember that pass block grade that we talked about last week, which was a 0.0. Right. You can't get any worse, I don't think. You can mm-hmm. get worse than zero. 84 yesterday. Didn't give up any hurries. Didn't, didn't give up any quarterback hits. Didn't give up, obviously, any sacks. And if I'm not mistaken, he was going against a guy like Malik Jackson. Um and maybe well, I know they they were down not not their normal uh, stable of defensive tackles, but they did have somebody. And look, pros are pros, so you you, you can't necessarily uh, talk about who you choose. But be mindful that if you don't stop something, the team is going to do exact same. They're they're going to do the same thing too. They're going to be coached up, and that's what that's what is it's been so frustrating. It's been that attention to detail. Like I said with Brandon Parker, the way he tries to to muscle up a bull rush move, my back hurts. And I'm not even out on the field. I mean, it's 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 ridiculous. You've got to learn another technique. You can't just keep trying to strong arm these guys because, you know, you're going to get somebody who's going to get lower leverage. These guys are literally coming like they're pushing a sled, and they're pushing him back. It doesn't have to be quick. It doesn't have to be fast. You're pushing them back in the lap of the quarterback who's trying to set up and pass right there at that, at that intersection point. Yeah, and uh, you're talking about Brandon Parker. His pass block grade yesterday was 48.6. Um, he gave up uh, four hurries and a quarterback hit. So, um, you know, not not the greatest game, obviously, no. for Brandon Parker. But, hey, a um, little bit of positive step for Alex Leatherwood. It's always about consistency. We all understand that. We all get that. But an 84 pass block grade was by is by far yeah. um, his best grade uh, uh, in that category. I mean, it doesn't even it's, – it's like – well, uh, actually, I should say yeah. – Think of it. The, listen, Lincoln, his his other best day, 82.5, the Dallas Cowboys uh, when they won. So um, 62.3 against the Denver Broncos when they won. So, you know, I'm not saying that when Alex Leatherwood plays well, so plays the. Uh, but they need him to play I well. No, exactly. That's because the, you, you saw how shell-shocked Derek got in the, uh, in, in the Kansas City game. Right. He had no time. Forget being aggressive and going downfield or looking downfield. He had no time. 
So if the offensive line doesn't stand up, you can't expect a quarterback to be successful. You can't expect him to be aggressive. And, and you wonder why he's going to just get rid of the ball quickly and take checkdowns and not going to go anywhere. More importantly, and what this is equally as frustrating, is that you know they've got to get uh, a better, uh, what is it, more fluency running the football. And, 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 and to be frank, well, again, what's frustrating is I've said it because they are a better downhill straight down at the line of scrimmage team than someone who's trying to run stretch plays. They're not a good zone play because they have problems cutting off the back angle. And to, to yesterday, I watched it a couple times where, you know, Leatherwood and Parker were running scoop blocks. And there was one time where, where Brandon Parker thought the tight end was with him, and he's out there with his arm kind of waving. Malik Jackson comes behind and makes a tackle on, on, on uh, Peyton Barber uh, for, uh, for no gain. You've you got to have better communication, and there's no reason after game, well, game 13 or 14 that you don't. Yeah, I, I agree. And, um, you know, uh, I don't know what Brandon Parker's future holds uh, here with the Raiders. He could very just well be a, um, you know, a swing tackle. Um, but, you know, I, I, I would venture to think you could probably do even better than that um, at some point. Uh, but it is what it is. That's who their right tackle is right now. Um, you know, a, a positive step for, for Alex Leatherwood. But the thing is, you can't follow up that kind of a performance with another zero or a 20 right. in pass blocking. These games are too important. Yeah. Uh, he set a standard for himself a little bit uh, on what he's capable of doing. Um, he just needs to, you know, I'm not expecting an 84 every game from him right. on pass block. That's the, at this point, that, that would be uh, an overreach. But he's got to be better than what he's been. And yes. uh, he's shown that he can do it. So... Uh, that's at least a starting point. By the way, um, if you're into salsa music, and who's not into salsa music? Oh, yeah. Uh, Latin Wednesdays, our good friend Les Kekahuna, you know who oh, I'm talking yeah. about. Uh, Demon Rum is presenting Puro Vicente and Space to Pace over at the Rockstar Bar. It starts at 8 o'clock. You've got Demon Rum. You've got um, Tequila Embajador over at Rockstar. Great music, great food, and I'm sure, um, you know, uh, when, whenever you bring out the salsa music, uh, you know what's going to uh, not be far the behind. ladies. Yes, exactly. So Latin Wednesday tomorrow uh, over at the uh, Rockstar Bar and Grill. That's 6730 Las Vegas Boulevard. By the way, we will be at the Rockstar Bar on Saturday ahead of the Broncos game. Yes, I know it's Christmas Day, but come on. Uh, at the end of the day, after doing everything that we do on Christmas Day, getting the kids the presents all that kind of stuff don't kind of want to go out right a little bit maybe just kind of unwind a little bit so unwind with us over at the rockstar bar and grill uh all the vegas nation friends all of the uh, uh nation radio friends uh all the crew that comes out every saturday before home games love all of you guys i uh, want to say thank you uh, and Merry Christmas to all of you guys because uh, it's been a great experience. Um, let's cap it off uh, this week uh, over at the Rockstar Bar Grill starting at 5 o'clock Christmas Eve or Christmas night. Uh, and then we'll close it down on January 8th uh, ahead of the Chargers game uh, against the Raiders, uh, which could be and uh, hopefully will be a, a very big game. So anyway, Lincoln, you know. Um, Alex Leatherwood, it's been obviously a, a, a rough rookie year, but it's really just his starting point, and I think he's going to have a lot. I, I would love to be a fly on the wall at his exit interview. Um, you know, uh, when, when everybody sits, in, sits him down and, and really gives him his blueprint, his outline for what to focus on uh, moving forward and, and taking into this offseason. And here's the thing about Alex. Um, I think he does want it. That's the whole thing. And I think that's sometimes 70% of the battle. He's got the body. He's got the strength. He's got the physical attributes. Um, it just needs to 
become more consistent for him. And I think he's going to have a lot to work on uh, this offseason. But if you were his offensive line coach, I know you don't want to coach, uh, but I'm, I'm making you, I'm hiring you right now to be the offensive line coach of uh, Alex Leatherwood for the next five minutes. What does he need to focus on in this offseason to come back a better player and put himself in a better position uh, to be the player that the Raiders want him to be? I need him to be more of a boxer than a wrestler. I don't need you to grapple. I need you to. I need you to counter. I need you to learn how to counter with your hands. Uh, like when you watch a martial arts movie, you, you you see counters. You don't see just straight punches. You don't see people going in. You know, it's 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 learning how to understand what's coming at you and to be able to counter and address it. He needs to be better with his feet and his hips. So I would get him jumping rope. Uh, the thing is that whoever's going to coach this offensive line going forward is going to have their work cut out for him. And there's no doubt in my mind that Alex Leatherwood wants to put in the work and wants to be great. It's just whether or not you're going to teach him how to be great. The problem that I have right now is especially where we sit, is usually when you let this type of pattern of behavior go on so long, it becomes muscle memory. And DeMond can attest to this because he's an athlete. Um, when, when he trains, no, seriously, seriously, when you train, and if you do you do certain techniques over and over again, it becomes like second nature. Am I right, DeMond? Oh, no, you're definitely right because when you're talking about wrestling, well, I know you're talking about a, like amateur wrestling, but for us, hitting the ropes – the way you throw your punches, the way you throw your kicks, it's all stuff that after a while it becomes second nature. Absolutely. When you lock up the start of a match. Yeah, you're definitely right because the more you train, the better you are at it. That it becomes second nature that you don't have to think about it when I, you're doing it. I, I, and, and so when you put them in a game and all of a sudden, you know, that guy does that arm over move, that wide three technique does that arm over move, all of a sudden he does the exact same thing like he did in the Kansas City game play after play after play where he's leaving his arms out, he's overextended. He's already he's already beat. He's overextended on a on a five to seven step drop. When you can't maintain the integrity of the uh, of the pocket, you're getting pushed back or you're getting pressure, and you're you're leaving your tackle even on a bigger island because now he, there's no recourse. So that that pattern of behavior has been ingrained in him over and over again and becomes second nature. It, you know, whoever coaches, whoever's going to have the coach, the next coach of this offensive line is going to have their hands full trying to retrain that. To Demond's point, uh, I've seen the progress from him firsthand um, because th the way he started uh, doing shots of uh, Embajador Tequila uh, about three months ago to where he is today. Like <laughs> I'll, I'll, tell, I'll tell you, Geek, the technique. Lincoln. I'll tell you guys a quick story. We were out at the Oyo yesterday with Q, and we're watching the Raider game, and like we're watching it with some Raider fans. Raiders win, okay, a miraculous field goal. And then it's like, we're going to celebrate with shots of tequila. Legron, I took on the inside of, oh, God. <laughs> and it's like, oh, yeah, we're celebrating. The Raiders win. And it's like, damn. His, his, P, his PFF grade, I'm just telling you right now, is through the roof right now. You would be. <laughs> That's some good stuff, man. That's <laughs> some good stuff. <laughs> yeah, but uh, and from what I understand, no more promising waitresses. <laughs> Raises, by the way. Um, Thank you. Thank you. Don't try to hurt my business now. <laughs> the, the audacity of that. Like, oh, the, yeah, the fact that he goes into my restaurant and tells one of my waitresses, I'm going to get you a raise. <laughs> I, I, I will always look into something. I'm just like, hey, I'll look into something. <laughs> And she had, she came out and told me before you told me about it. I'm like looking at her like what? <laughs> what? <laughs> hey, I'll say that I'm the best in the business at looking into something. <laughs> you hey, hey, what were you looking into? I, oh, that's what man. I want to know. Just just the raise. Hey, you never know. Hmm. You know the service was oh. great. You want to be nice to people. Hey, it doesn't hurt to ask. <laughs>
<laughs> well, you got to remember to ask. Yes. Ask, you got to remember to ask the boss you before went, she brings it up. <laughs> you, went, you, you went straight from asking to promising. Yeah. That's what you did. <laughs> Good move, Devon. But I'm telling you, yeah, that technique on the uh, on, on shots of tequila, imbibed or tequila. Oh, man. I am impressed. You're in the huddle with Vinnie Bonser and Lincoln, and, and Lincoln Kennedy, brought to you by Tequila and Bahadur, Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m. on a Tuesday. You're listening to Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m. Now back to your hosts, Vinnie Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy. Yeah, it was just, uh, it just brought back memories, like, then we get emotional. It's just like I was in rehab like <laughs> almost two years ago, and now I'm in a Pro Bowl. Like it's just a blessing, man. I show up and I try to be the best teammate. I try to be the best teammate every day and show my guys that I care. And um, just at home, man, it was uh, it's special. It just it makes my family proud. I can't. My girl, my. Everybody around me is calling, blowing up, blowing up my phone. I'm like, I'm like crying like a baby because I just know I've worked so hard and it's uh, it's starting to pay off. And you know, Coach Marinelli, got to say something about him because he pushes me every day, um, pushes me every day to be the best best player I can be. And I want to kill him sometimes. <laughs> he wants to kill me. He wants to kill me, but um, he just wants to see the best for me and he knows what I want. You know, I want to be the best in the league and. He pushes me to be that guy every day, and um, there's so many people I can go on and on. But it's just exciting, man. Uh, it's a blessing for sure. That was an emotional Max Crosby uh, talking yesterday after the uh, Raiders' uh, big win, uh, important win, let's say, uh, over the Cleveland Browns. Uh, Max was talking about his uh, getting voted in as a as a Pro Bowl player, uh, Lincoln, and you know. Yeah. Uh, Lincoln, obviously, he was emotional. Um, right. You know, in that you could you could hear it in his voice. You don't even have to watch it um, to 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 hear the emotion that was in his voice. Um, you know, and, and and Lincoln, we sit here every day, and uh, I know you know better than most because you were involved in professional sports and sports at the highest level. Um, but I, I'm always I always feel like Lincoln. I'm kind of in a constant uh, not battle necessarily, but. Uh, reminder in a reminding mode to people that and fans that hey you know what I, I know I know you yell at these guys and get emotional and get mad and say all these things you know whether it's on Twitter or social media or to your friends but you know there's a there's a person there's a human being behind all of those face masks and inside all of those uh, all the pads and all that and and I think that sometimes gets lost in. Uh, translation a little bit and I say that because they're human beings that deal with the same exact things that we all deal with you know money fame it doesn't uh, absolve you or protect you from real life you know stuff and I wanted to use a harder word there but I know I can't um, it's just you're, you're just you, when you do deal with it it's a little bit more in, in the public eye but you know I, I try to remind people all the time you know hey be careful what you say, be careful what you think, all of those type of things, because they're human beings uh, as well. And we heard, you know, Max talking about, um, you know, where he was a couple of years ago, you know, in rehab. You know, he's he's he he is sober now for a long time, uh, you know, a, moment, a couple of years, I think, or maybe closing in on a couple of years. That's important stuff that goes far and above, you know, football. And it was really nice to see um, first his success that he's had this year. Everything. 
done to put himself in this position, be rewarded for it, um, and then to express himself in that way to kind of remind people that, you know, he might be six foot six and he might be a professional athlete, but he's still a human being with human frailty just like the rest of us. Lincoln. I, I think a lot of times you, you kind of lose in, in translation that this is the game. It's entertainment. Um, and I've told guys time and time again, the best way for you to be a professional is for you to understand that your body is your greatest investment as well as your mind. There's times where you got to be selfish and not do other things that might get you in trouble or put your career in jeopardy. But there's times when you're on the football field, a lot of times you got to be selfless because you got to play a team game. And, and you'll usually have people who will understand. And when they do, because they're athletic, because they're talented, they, there's a possibility for them to excel and become a star. And I think Max Crosby, not only getting himself cleaned up, but also learning from his rookie year when he had a little bit of a breakout year, kind of came on the scene, no one really knew who he was. The second year, last year, definitely everybody paid attention to him. He had to learn how to develop. And then adding Ngakwe with that little arm brash move that he does and teaching that to Max Crosby on his acceleration upfield has brought out a new, different dimension of Max Crosby. It, is, it, is, it has made him grow into a, a more prolific pass rusher. Um, and he's even played the run this year a lot better than he did in times past. So it's come a long way, his development, and it has still a long way to go. There's one, one thing, especially with defensive linemen need to understand, is that you cannot rely on one move. you got to have a counter. When that one move is taken up, what are you doing next? How are you stopping? How are you? What are you going to do? What's your next move? So you got to have a counter. The great pass rushers do, um, and 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 I think he's on his way to being one of those you know perennial pro players, all pro players. Uh, and and I think there's it's just a matter of time before some of his teammates join him because, like I said, I think Colton Miller should have been in there on the Pro Bowl. Well deserved. I don't know if Colton was an alternate or whatever, but well deserved for Perriman, uh and uh, and actually well deserved for AJ Cole. Yeah, Lincoln, I want to ask you a question. When you finally made the Pro Bowl, you also made an All-Pro team. Did it mean anything? I mean, like, you for you personally, the validation? Oh, absolutely. Or even, like, contract extensions? You're like, hey, man, now this well, work I mean, is showing that I'm one yeah, of the Yeah, you know, we had, you know, you used to put little addendums in your contract if you made the Pro Bowl, if you made the playoffs, whatever it was. I mean, that, that little bit of, of, of bonus money. But it was, it was, the, it, it was the validation because I thought I was one of the better tackles in the league, and I played like that. I held my high, head up high. My position, the right tackle, wasn't as glamorized as, say, the left tackles. Now, keep in mind, when I played, we had guys like Willie Rofe. We had guys like Jonathan Ogden. Um, um, uh, uh, shoot, the, the tackle who was up in Seattle, the left tackle. All these guys, the, the, every year in the Walter AFC. Jones. Walter Jones, yeah. Walter Jones, every year in the AFC, they're taking three left tackles. And, 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 and so there was a, I was alternate for like two years before I finally got in. And it's actually a funny story to share before we go. So, um, um, Tony Baselli, the tackle out of, uh, out of, uh, out of USC, uh, it was, was playing for, uh, Jacksonville at the time. And he had been a perennial pro bowler, but he had missed half the season with a shoulder injury. I saw Tony uh, as the playoffs approach, and I'm like, dude, you're not going to go. Uh, you're not going to go to the Pro Bowl. Just let me have it because I was first alternate, and so he backed out, and I was able to get in. But then after that year, I was I was in there every year. Very nice. Real quick before we go, um, there was a guy that I covered with the Rams and watching him on TV right now, Andrew Whitworth. I just mm -hmm. saw him make a great mm -hmm. block. 
this dude is a physical freak in his own right. Uh, <laughs> True you story. know what I'm saying? Like he's 40 yeah. years old and yeah. he's still out there doing his thing. What are your thoughts on, on, on Whitworth? When you become that aged and seasoned, the game slows down. There's nothing a defensive lineman can do that you can't do for. And as long as your body can still perform, you'll be able to be out there and be able to play. And I just, all these guys that are playing as long as they did and, and the money that they're making, I just know that I played in a different generation. I was, I, I played a little too long ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the practice schedule, I could have played for a lot longer. <laughs> Wait, you know, the practice schedule right. there. And 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 here's the thing, you know, like those are it's it's being in a, a professional locker room. It's like world class athletes. Just, oh yeah, it's just incredible. And you see some crazy things. In, I've seen wrestling matches in locker rooms <laughs> where guys are getting after it. You know, going back back and forth and all that because I'm I'm better than you. What what not. There are so many guys on the Rams from whatever position to whatever position that would just tap you on the shoulder. See that dude right there? That dude is a freak right yeah, there. Yeah. Whitworth, the way he can move at that size oh, uh, yeah. and really that age, just a tremendous, tremendous player. I think he's actually underrated, but you know, um, I think he's getting his accolades now later on in his career because he turned it on even more yeah. from like 35 on, yeah. uh, which is crazy. All right, just want to say thank you uh, to everybody that called today, all of our listeners. Uh, you're why we do this. want to say thanks to Demond Cotton for everything that he does at home base. Uh want to say thanks to Lincoln Kennedy, of course. Uh, got it, brother. Can't wait to talk to you tomorrow, 4 to 6 p.m. You're in the huddle. You were in the huddle. You're going to be in the huddle again tomorrow, 4 to 6 uh, uh, Monday through Friday. We're not uh, doing Christmas, uh, obviously, or Christmas Eve, I should say. Uh, in the huddle, brought to you by Tequila Embajador, Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM.